Happy New Year! I'm Doug Wardlow, and welcome to this special episode of Founding Principles. We'll be returning to our regular twice-a-week schedule next week, but I wanted to get this video out to you today to give you an update and some insight into one particularly important recent news item. What I'm about to discuss is huge news. It is the scandal of the century, and it continues to unfold and deepen. The legacy media, not surprisingly, remain silent. But in light of recent developments, they won't be able to ignore the Twitter files for too much longer. By the end of today's show, you will understand why. A battle for the fate of America rages. The radical left seeks to destroy the very foundations of our republic. God, the family, and the Constitution are under attack. Amidst the chaos, Doug Wardlow speaks truth and points the way back to freedom. It is time to go on offense. This is Founding Principles with Doug Wardlow. Now, it is absolutely imperative that everyone understand this story and understand it well. It is perhaps the most significant scandal of the century. It makes Watergate look like pretty small potatoes. In the latest installment of the Twitter Files, a series of reports based on internal Twitter documents released by Elon Musk to hand-picked reporters, independent journalist David Zweig reports that the Biden administration was pressuring Twitter, as well as other social media platforms, to censor truthful information about COVID-19 simply because that inconvenient information contradicted the government's preferred narrative. Now, admittedly, Zweig reports that early in the pandemic, the Trump administration urged big tech social media platforms uh, to combat misinformation about you know, runs on grocery stores. But the Biden White House, well, it appears that they stepped things up several levels. They pushed social media platforms to suppress accounts operated by people that they labeled anti-vaxxers. That's their term. Twitter, for the most part, followed the orders it received from the White House. According to Zweig, Twitter, quote, rigged the COVID debate by discrediting doctors and other experts who disagreed, and even entirely suspended the accounts of certain medical professionals who tweeted out messages that didn't line up with the COVID orthodoxy being promoted by the CDC. The content moderation was reportedly done largely by bots trained on machine learning and AI, as well as third-party contractors, one of them in the Philippines. The third-party contractors used decision trees that were set up by higher-level Twitter employees to aid them in their content moderation. Here is a shot of one such decision tree that David Zweig posted. You can see that the decision tree asked the content moderator to input the kind of message being advanced regarding the topic at issue. It further asks what specifically is being said about the topic and then asks, what is the author's position? These questions are extremely troubling from a First Amendment point of view. Remember, the content moderation was being done at the request of the Biden White House. And the decision tree in this example is part of Twitter's effort to comply with the government's requests. So it can be argued, and it seems readily apparent from David Zweig's reporting, that Twitter was acting as an agent of the government when it censored speech, and that the decision tree was being used on behalf of the government to carry out that censorship. It is obvious from this decision tree that Twitter was collecting information about the content of messages as well as the viewpoint of the speaker. Now, to really see why this is so significant, we need to go over just a few quick principles of First Amendment law. The First Amendment bars the government or agents of the government, which might be private entities doing the government's bidding, from suppressing or restricting speech based on the content that is based on the subject matter of the speech. The First Amendment also prevents the government or its agents from restricting speech based on the viewpoint of the speaker, 
So, for example, the government can't enforce a law that exhibits hostility to one particular, say, religious viewpoint, and not another. That was the holding in the first Masterpiece Cake Shop case, although there, the holding was driven by the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment, and not the Free Speech Clause. But the principle is very much the same. The Supreme Court in that case held that Colorado's enforcement of the state's anti-discrimination law against the Christian cake artist, Jack Phillips, violated the First Amendment. Phillips, a devout Christian, could not create a cake for a same-sex ceremony without violating his sincerely held religious beliefs. When the Supreme Court reviewed the record of the case, it found evidence of a clear and impermissible hostility toward the sincere religious beliefs that motivated Jack Phillips' objection to creating a cake for a same-sex ceremony. The court explained that in light of that evidence, the enforcement of the anti-discrimination law against Phillips violate, quote, violated the state's duty under the First Amendment not to base laws or regulations on hostility to a religion or a religious viewpoint. Now, a similar duty exists under the First Amendment's free speech clause. The government cannot favor speech on one side of an issue while disfavoring or suppressing speech on the opposite side of the issue. So even when a law or a government rule or policy has a legitimate purpose that is not related directly to the regulation of speech, and that law or policy has the incidental effect of restricting certain viewpoints, but not others, well, that kind of viewpoint discrimination will still give rise to a violation of the First Amendment. Here, the Twitter content moderation decision tree posted by David Zweig shows that Twitter, which was, which was working at the government's behest, was targeting the specific viewpoint of the speaker. Twitter would only need to collect information about the tweet author's position if they intended to make enforcement decisions based on the author's viewpoint. So whatever justifications Twitter and the government might be able to come up with to defend their content moderation policies and actions, they cannot avoid the fact that they were engaging in viewpoint discrimination. And when the government or its agents engage in viewpoint discrimination, it always violates the First Amendment. I cannot emphasize enough what a very, very, very big deal this is. Another tweet by David Zweig shows how censorship demands from the White House scared and intimidated Twitter employees. One Twitter employee told another, quote, mercifully, we had answers when those employees were discussing questions from the White House about various things related to COVID moderation, content moderation, including why they hadn't yet kicked one particular user off of Twitter. Clearly, these two Twitter employees felt strongly pressured to either do exactly what the White House wanted them to do or have a very good answer as to why they hadn't done that. In other words, Twitter employees felt coerced to comply with the White House demands to censor information. Recall also that at the same time that COVID-related content moderation was going on, according to the Twitter files, the FBI was continuing to push Twitter to suppress so-called election misinformation. David Zweig sums everything up this way. He says, quote, so far, the Twitter files have focused on evidence of Twitter's secret blacklists, how the company functioned as a kind of subsidiary of the FBI, and how execs rewrote the platform's rules to accommodate their own political desires. In addition, Zweig says, quote, the United States government pressured Twitter and other social media platforms to elevate certain content and suppress other content about COVID-19. There again, you see that viewpoint discrimination, suppressing some viewpoints, but not others. That violates the First Amendment. Also, don't forget that the FBI paid Twitter $3.5 million for complying with the FBI's so-called requests. If that fact doesn't establish that Twitter was acting as an agent of the government when it was moderating content, I don't know what would. What's more, internal documents show that the regular meetings that Twitter had with the FBI task force regarding content moderation also included, quote, virtually every major tech platform, according to independent journalist Matt Taibbi. 
So it is now quite clear from the Twitter files that the government's censorship push was wide-ranging, broad, deep, and very effective, covering multiple subject matter areas across multiple social media platforms. And there is every indication that the censorship campaign continues to this very day, not just, just not at Twitter, where Elon Musk did all of us a huge service by shutting down the censorship machine and revealing the truth for all to see. So given all the revelations about censorship, what does the FBI have to say for itself? Well, they have released statements that basically deny any wrongdoing, which is patently absurd and somewhat shocking. I mean, how stupid do they think we are? In a statement, the FBI recently said, quote, it is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency, close quote. That statement is extremely, extremely disturbing. Just think about it for a moment. The FBI is essentially saying that anyone who points to the clear facts on the ground and stands up for the free speech guarantee of the First Amendment is a conspiracy theorist who is trying to deceive the American public and attack the agency. That is some remarkable Orwellian doublespeak. According to the FBI, if you don't agree that two plus two equals five, then you are a peddler of misinformation and therefore you are the enemy. Remember, the FBI's claimed goal in all of this has been to suppress peddlers of so-called misinformation. Fortunately, it looks like the FBI will very soon be called to account. The incoming Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, recently sent a preservation letter to the FBI demanding that they retain and turn over to the committee all documents and all communications referring or relating to content moderation on Twitter, as well as a full accounting of the $3.5 million paid by the FBI to Twitter for its compliance with the FBI's demands. So it looks like a full investigation of the FBI's censorship activities is going to take place when the Republicans take over Congress in January. And the legacy media, well, they won't be able to ignore what we are going to learn in that investigation. They will be forced to pull their heads out of the sand. The stakes could not be higher. The First Amendment hangs in the balance of that investigation. Our very representative republic, our constitution, and all of our freedoms hang in the balance. If we don't have the ability to speak freely and without the government putting its thumb on the scale and suppressing certain viewpoints, if we don't have the ability to debate issues, discuss policy questions, argue about candidates and elections, and criticize the government completely openly and freely, well, then we don't have a republic at all. If the government can control speech and shape the information that flows through social media, where tens upon tens of millions of Americans get the vast majority of their information about current events, politics, and elections, well, then we are on the road to authoritarian government. Then we are on the road to having a state media. So we all owe Elon Musk an enormous debt of gratitude for pulling back the mask and revealing the true ugly face of government-directed big tech censorship in America. Let's just pray that it's not already too late. Well, that's all for today's special brief episode. Thanks so much for watching. Uh, please tune in next time for Founding Principles with Doug Wardlow. And please be sure to hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Doing those things also helps the channel immensely, immensely helps us grow the show and multiply its impact. Happy New Year.